Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, chefs. You're listening to Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. On today's episode, we're going to talk about all things food festivals, so stay tuned. So first, let's talk about what I've been up to. Here's an update. I finally finished doing my portion of the editing for the Line Cook Survival Manual. So now I've sent it off to the editor. Hopefully they don't mess it up. Sometimes they mess it up. I've caught a couple of errors in some of the other books and I've had to redo things. So what happens when you're a one-man show and you have a lot of ideas like I do. My brain is constantly go. Anyway, if you know me in real life, you would know that. Nonetheless, the book is wrapped up. Get it back from the editor. Hopefully they turn it around quick. It's a short book. I think it's um, about, it's fewer than 90 pages, I believe. Anyway. It's a little longer than the first book, The Red One, How Not to Be the Biggest Idiot in the Kitchen, but it's much shorter than the black book, Culinary Leadership Fundamentals. It's kind of in between. The book is really intended for uh, line cooks, new line cooks, new cooks in the kitchen, or chefs that want to give something as a gift to new cooks in the kitchen. I've also finished the Culinary Leadership Fundamentals course. Um, it's It's a companion to the book. And uh, just a couple more edits, and hopefully I'll have that out roughly at the same time as the new book. And then the audio book is coming along very well for Culinary Leadership Fundamentals. Um, It's about halfway done. Audio books take a little bit longer. I'm recording this podcast a little bit early because on Sunday, September 13th, I will be doing a dinner in El Paso, Texas with some other chefs. These would be like the uh, Latino Chef Illuminati. Gabe Morales, Rico Torres, Omar Flores, a lot of others, myself, Alain Delgado. Anyway, it's going to be a good time. If you're in the El Paso area, come meet the chefs, talk to us, pick our brains. Maybe you'll get a secret handshake invite. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk food festivals. Now, I have to qualify that I know a little something about food festivals. I've been doing them... uh, For 22 years, I've been doing food festivals. I sit on the board of an organization specifically that specializes in food festivals. I've organized food festivals myself and invited other chefs to participate. So I know a little something about food festivals. I've done a lot of them. So I want to talk about, as a chef, if you've never been to a food festival, you know, what the process is and how you should plan your food for a food festival. And I also want to talk about, if you're a cook, why you should go to the food festival. So anyway, let's talk strategy. You're a new chef, and you've never been to a food festival. You get invited. If you're 
early in your career and you're trying to build up your name, you need to go. Say yes to as many food festivals as you can because you want to start to put your name out there. A lot of these food festivals, you might not get a lot of return on your initial investment, but the more you go, the more you get invited, the more you get accustomed to what the food festivals are all about. Also, interchangeably, I use the word food grazer, you know, like uh, you're grazing food on the pastures. Anyway, you get you get it. So I say food grazer a lot. A lot of people say food festivals. I'm going to use those interchangeably. So if you get the invite, go. And there's a lot of reasons that you do want to go. You're going to start to network with other chefs. You're going to start to get your name out there. You have visibility. You're going to interact with people. You get to promote your restaurant. And when people don't know you, you need to say yes. Now, there's a couple of things that you need to be prepared for is a lot of these food festivals do not reimburse you for your time or food. A lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. And early on in your career, uh, until you've established a name for yourself, I, if you could afford it, again, if you could afford it, you should say yes, um, because it starts to build your network, build your connections, and get your face out there. So early on in your career, I think you need to say yes to as many food festivals until you're in a position where you could start saying no. When it comes to food festivals that I participate in now, I, and, and granted, I don't do that many anymore. I do it occasionally, but some qualifiers for me to do a food festival is, and, and I encourage you to do this, is is it the crowd that you want to be in? If your name is already established, so let's just say you know, you've, you've, been, you've been on the food festival circuit for a few years, you have a greater network, you have a greater, greater social presence, people are starting to know you. I would say yes to the things that's like, okay, do I want to be in the crowd with those chefs? Um, and not that you think that you're better than them, but from a marketing standpoint, you want to say, okay, when they think of this restaurant and they think of that restaurant, I want them to think of my restaurant also because we're on the same level. So position yourself with other chefs and restaurants that are kind of in your competitive set. You'll get to know the chefs. People will start to associate your restaurant with those restaurants. You'll begin to expand your network. But those are the festivals that you want to go to. So one of the first things you, you know, I'm notorious for saying this, okay, who's going to be there, right? Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a shitty answer sometimes, but it's, it's the truth. When you're starting to build your name up um, and you're on the come up, that's who you want to be associated with. Now, as your name starts to expand and as you gain a lot more clout and street cred, that's when you could start saying no to certain food festivals because they, they do take a lot of time. There are a lot, there are a lot of hard work and a lot of times you're donating your food and energy. And by the way, I want to make sure I, I put a little disclaimer here. Always say yes for, to a food festival if it supports something that you believe in, regardless if they pay you and the level of participants. Because for example, uh, you know, something that's been near and dear to me has always been, you know, helping young culinary students, or I used to do a lot of events for the Autism Treatment Center uh, when I lived in Dallas. I would always say yes, regardless of who's involved. I'm going to say yes, because that's a charity that's near and dear to my heart, or helping uh, young and future culinarians. I want to give my time to them. So it didn't matter who I was doing it with, I would do it regardless. So again, caveat is, if it's something that's very important to you, um, and you have a philanthropic spirit, then you should do that. But let's just say it's just a food festival for the sake of being a food festival. Say yes to the ones that you think are going to help build your brand. Because a lot of those food festivals are massive. And when I say massive, I mean like, you know, you're going to do food for five to 10,000 people. Uh, no one's going to pay attention to you. There's, a, there's so many chefs involved. You're going to get lost in the noise. So some of the bigger food festivals nowadays, I, I don't say I'm going to do. I, I try to do the smaller ones, the more intimate ones where it's fewer chefs. 
um, I don't want to say fewer chefs, higher quality, but you understand what I mean. If you're doing food for 2000 people versus food for, you know, fewer than 300, you're going to choose a different menu item. Now let's talk about food items and kind of the etiquette. Whenever you go to a food festival, you want to do something that's going to showcase the food that you do, but is also going to be easy to prepare. So a lot of mistakes that I've made throughout my career and a lot of chefs that do, you know, they're kind of on the food festival circuit, you know, they'll tell you like, their first ones, they think it's a food competition. It's not a food competition. Sometimes it's literally a food competition, but most of them are not food competitions. And because it's not a food competition, you don't need to go in with such a competitive mindset. You want to showcase your food from your restaurant. You want to showcase what you could do, but you also want it to be easy and executable, right? So keep that in mind when you're doing a food festival, because if it's your first one, a lot of people have the tendency to like, oh, I'm going to blow them away. I'm going to show them all my tricks. I'm going to make the most difficult thing. And then you got to do it for like a thousand people. And then you quickly regret like, shit, why did I decide to do this? This is a totally a bad idea. But you don't know that until you've done lots of food festivals. So keep that in mind. The dish that you're doing should be easy to execute with about three people. Because usually that's what you take. Now, sometimes you take more. Sometimes you take fewer. But about three people is what you're going to have. If you're the chef, you want to position yourself at the front of the booth so that you're handing the food and so that you're engaging with the guests. This is important because I see a lot of chefs, they'll stay in the back and they don't want to talk to the people. The people that are going to food festivals are paying a ticket usually um, because they want to speak to the chef. They want to engage with them. So it's your job as the face of the person with their name on the uh, on the booth to be up front engaging with the guests. You could speak to your food most likely better than the culinary student that they've assigned to help you. So you want to make sure that you position yourself up front. Then there's the amount of food to prepare. Now, food festivals are notorious for telling you more food than you really need. Now, not all of them, but you know they're going to say, do, do food for 500, but really you only need to do food for, food for like 300. Or sometimes they'll say, do food for 1,000, but like 800 is fine. Anyway, you don't want to end up with a lot of leftover food. So if you have experience in those particular food festivals, you kind of know, like last time they said a thousand, but I'm always like consistently 200 portions under, you start to kind of play the numbers game a little bit. Prepare food just the right amount. It's like an art to running out of food at the last minute, because you know, if you run out of food, then you have less to clean up, less to transport, less waste. So running out of food is a bad thing if you run out very early and people are wandering around saying, this jerk ran out of food. They're pissed off and they remember that. But then there's the people that say, you know, I, I got to try their food. There was, it was great. So you want to make sure that you have enough portions for the amount of people. But like I said, towards the end, you know, the last 10, 15 minutes, you start to run out. It's not the end of the world. Um, if you run out too early, you could expect to not get invited back, right? You, you get the reputation as being that chef that runs out of food and then goes and screws off and gets drunk at the festival. So don't run out of food too early, but it's okay to run out towards the end, depending on, right? So I'm talking food festivals. I'm not talking about like you're doing a dinner with, you know, a bunch of high-end chefs and it's like your course, oh, I ran out. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about that. That's a completely different situation. I am talking about a food grazer where there's thousands of people trying small little plates of your food, like food and wine festivals. The other thing is you want to make sure you have collateral, you know, whether it's coupons, business cards. Uh, a QR code so people could you know follow you or find your social page. Whatever you can do, just make sure you have something that you could give to people so that they pay attention. They could take it with them and they remember you. So always bring a little bit of something. When it comes to having people in the booth with you, when I used to do food festivals when I was a chef, I would arrive 
with an entourage. Sometimes I would, you know, sometimes I say you can only bring three people, but I'd show up with like eight. Um, and you know, when they're setting up, no one's paying attention. No one's really checking you in at a lot of these events, but I'd want to show up with as many people as I can because I want it to be that guy. Like people are like, fuck that guy always shows up with a whole entourage. Um, one, it's easy to clean up at the end, but two, uh, you kind of want to make yourself a little bit stand out in these food festivals, not just to the guests, but also to the other chefs. And I'll tell you why. The reason I would show up with a lot of people is because I wanted uh, other chefs to be like, man, those guys are cool. I want to go work for them. I also use it as a recruiting opportunity so that people would want to come hang out and talk to our booth. And I would always bring something a little bit exaggerated for myself and my team or, you know, the chefs around me. So what I used to do at food festivals is I would bring a, you know, a big, you know, kilo tin of caviar and hand out caviar bumps occasionally, hand it out to other chefs. And we, people would always say, oh, those, you know, those are those, <laughs> those are those douchebags with the caviar or whatever, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's clearly who we were. But it's like, well, we did it not just to be those guys, but also because we knew that it would put eyeballs on us. And if people were talking about us, it's like they're either jealous because they're they're not included in the in the club, or you know they want to be included in the club. So that's why I would do some of those things like that. It's it's a little bit of marketing. It's a little bit of antics, but I would always do something that would just like, okay, let's get a little bit more attention because you do get lost in the noise when there's a lot of people there. So whatever that may be, do something, whether it's, don't steal my idea of bringing a tin of caviar, but you know, whatever it is that you do, make sure you do something that's unique to you. So you have your food that you're showing and then you bring something for your tent that you could hand out to some other chef friends. So, you know, I'm not talking about for the thousands of people that are there. I'm just talking about for like 20 or 30 people. Anyway, as I like to say, I roll deep. I roll mob deep. Anyway, that's how I did food festivals. Let's say you get to a bigger chef status and then now you can start to command a little bit of money for appearance to show up to those food festivals because a lot of the food festivals that you're going to get invited to um, just just aren't on brand. You know, I talk to a lot of my chef friends and they'll say, I'm not the type of chef that I am. I'm not going to do the, the burger festival. Like it's just not what I do. So make sure that it aligns with what you do and that the audience is the right audience for the restaurant that you have and the chef that you are. So keep that in mind when you're saying yes or no to uh, food festivals. I know a lot of chefs that won't show up unless, like like we were talking earlier, the, you know, it's the right mix of chefs, but also they got to get paid. You know, some of these bigger chefs do get a lot of money to go to these uh, food festivals if you have the the right marketing team behind you and the right PR and you've, you know, you've built quite the name for yourself. I'll tell you, there's some chefs that get paid a lot of money to go to these festivals. I know a chef that um, gets paid $50,000 just to speak at an event. Um, and that's that's a huge amount of money. You know, he, he'll show up at a big festival and $50,000 appearance fee. When you get to that point as a chef, it's like, well, you could command whatever you want. You want me to show up? You want me to you want me to make appearance? This is my fee. It's um, good for them. I can't knock the hustle. So you want to start to put yourself in a position where you could get invited to those festivals and they pay you, right? They cover your costs. They fly you in. You know, they take great care of you. Those are the festivals, you know, the you know, the more elite festivals. And just because you're in one of those festivals doesn't mean they're going to treat you like the elite chef. So keep that in mind. Like there's festivals where it's like, okay, there's 50 chefs, but like two chefs are getting the VIP treatment and everyone else is not. Yes, it's unfair, but it's the reality of the situation. So what you could do instead of getting upset about that is position yourself so you could be one of those chefs. Um, so you could 
you could make the money or so you could change the rules and say, you know what, if you want to be generous and they gave you, you know, $30,000 for your appearance fee and you don't think it's right, then you could split your money with the other people there. Do, do you, but position yourself in a position of power so you can make those decisions. Now, wrapping it up, if you're a young cook and you get invited with your chef to go to one of these food festivals, I would say go. The fact that you're being invited means that the chef likes you. They want to spend time with you. They want to talk to you. They want to get to know you. They respect your work ethic. They know that you're going to work hard, right? So the fact that you're even getting invited is a good sign. So take the opportunity. Don't view it as punishment. A lot of newer cooks view it as like, oh, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to go to this food festival and I'm going to have to clean everything up. I did a chef's PSA on this. The price you pay for getting invited to the food festival is you clean up, but it's still an honor and a privilege to go. You get to do something different. It's it's different than just staying at the same old kitchen every day and doing the same thing. Uh, you get to interact with people. You get to network. You get to meet new chefs. You get to expand your network, maybe even set up job opportunities for the future. But I could tell you, I used to go to chef festivals uh, when I was a young cook with my chef and he would drag me to all these and I used to hate it because I knew it was like, shit, I'm gonna get stuck cleaning up um, while he was out there drinking wine and networking with all his buddies. Um, I used to hate it, but in retrospect, I appreciated it very much and I'm glad he did that. It said a lot about what he thought of me and it also exposed me to a lot of chefs that have mentored me throughout my career. You know, um, I don't know how many uh, certified master chefs I would get to talk to and know my name and know my face and oh there's Andre and you know I just became the person that would sit around you know the young cook that would sit around and listen to all these master chefs having conversations and just being a fly on the wall and I used to love that um, and I appreciate it much more now now I'm not saying you're going to be around a whole bunch of master chefs, but you're going to be around top level chefs. If you're a young cook, not just your chef, but you're most likely going to be around a lot of other top level chefs. So take the opportunity, go to the food festival. Yes, you might have to clean up. I'm sorry, but it's worth it, right? It's, it's part of, as they say, making your bones in the industry, right? To summarize it, food festivals are fun. Go to them, but make sure as you start to build your brand that you start to align yourself with the right festivals that are right for you. It's okay to say no. I know I've gotten to the point where now I say no to a lot of things because I just don't have the bandwidth. So you got to do you. Don't say yes to everything, but do position yourself um, to start getting your name out there and go to these food festivals, whether it's um, you know food and wine or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a local event, but start, start to participate. This will help expand your network. It'll also help expand your career. Anyway, if you want to support the show, go to chefspsa.com and see all things that I do. So books, merch, t-shirts, water bottles, whatever, all those things support the show. Subscribe and leave five stars on whatever platform you're listening. So someone left me a two-star review on Apple. And I think that's funny because it's like, you went out of your way to leave a two-star review. It's like, this is not a two-star podcast. It's a five-star podcast. So you're a liar. And most likely you're just a hater. Anyway, don't be a hater. Don't be like that person. And if you see them, publicly shame them for being a hater. In this industry, we need more people that support each other and help lift up the, the business versus haters that try and tear it down. So follow Chef's PSA on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, etc. Go to chefspsa.com. Hit the subscribe button. And thank you all. We'll see you next week. Hit the porno music. Mm-hmm.